and welcome to the Zeniel Domes Little Dome. My name's Gareth Gwynn. And I'm Esther Sears. These are the editions of the podcast where we look at this month in Zeniel history. And because we're in January, I thought this was our chance to do uh, the first month you could be born and be a Zeniel. Oh, okay. January 1977 is, if the definition of a Xenial is those born between 1977 and 1985, then January 1977 are the oldest Xenials. I love how you put actual thought into these things. What, rather than just like flinging a dart at a board? <laughs> yeah, which is what I do. <laughs> oh, that's great. This often happens when we do the 70s ones, is you go, oh, well, there's going to be nothing here that we remember. Mm. And then you go, oh, no, these are the things... They sow the seeds and then they define everything that comes afterwards. <laughs> and I couldn't believe the first one that came up that this was the first time this happened. Oh, okay. In January 1977, it was the first time a penalty shootout was ever used in a FIFA World Cup competition. What? Yeah, because you think that's a pretty fundamental bit of the game, isn't it? I mean, it is for England. So how long had the World Cup been running at this point? So the World Cup's been running for years, hasn't it? Okay, I was going to say Roman times. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mean, obviously, (laughs) there's the points at which we were kicking pig's bladders around. And I don't know if that had been codified. Was there a World Cup in January? Right, these are the qualifiers. So this is everyone is trying to qualify for Argentina, 1978. Ah, It's Tunisia, Mexico. It's a one-all draw. They do them in legs, so it's the second uh, one-all draw. So after two legs, it's a tie, and it's the first time a referee goes, I'm doing this, lads. <laughs> Tunisia yeah. win. Oh, wow, okay. They got through, but also they got through all the remaining rounds, and they did qualify for the World Cup. Ah. So, it, so it did matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What's the reason that it hadn't happened before then? Did they? Did no one... Did they never get to a stage where they needed it? Is that why? No, they just had bad ideas. Oh my God, what did they do before then? So, between 1867 and 1970, there was not a plan. (laughs) There was not like an official plan. The FA Cup used extra time and then they would just do a replay. Oh. In competitions where that wasn't possible, they just drew lots. No. Yeah. So, in uh, the 1968 European Championship, Italy versus the USSR, they just had to draw lots. Italy won. And that competition, that European Championship, was also a draw. But in that time, because it was the final, Mm. they were able to do a replay. But obviously, in a sort of tight competition, you can't just keep doing replays. So they would just draw No, what a waste of time. Yeah. So, from the 50s, some places had started playing with penalty ideas so in the 50s there was the yugoslav cup they tried penalties and um apparently in 1968 in uh the olympics there was a quarterfinal israel against bulgaria and the is like one of the israeli coaches was like this can't happen again (laughs) who can we need a better plan because um the israeli team lost to bulgaria on the drawing of lots in an oh. Olympic competition. Because if so, it's yeah. drawing lots, you're, you're basic. I, I would just be thinking, well, what was the point of turning up to play? We could have just done this from home. Yeah, you could do a whole <laughs> competition of just drawing lots. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in which case, anyone could play. Have you seen that yeah. thing? There's a thing people are saying that if everyone on the planet fought each other, 
and then won. You'd only have to fight 33 times to have a world champion. Because really? of, yeah, because of the the numbers, the powers of two. Oh. So if you did do that, yeah, you absolutely could just you could That's just draw lots, and everyone could play, and then you could have like a global winner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having the same reaction to this as I do when it comes to like thinking about smoking indoors. Like I can't believe we used to yeah. smoke indoors. Like I can't believe we never we didn't used to have penalties <laughs> to sort this out. <laughs> I love a penalty shootout as long as I'm not invested in either team. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can be a passive... Because then it's just like watching someone playing a coconut chai. It's, it's, the, it's the same, isn't it? It's the same yes. sort of thing. If you're not, you know... Yeah, because I hate, I hate extra time. I hate yeah. it because all you're doing is watching players who are already knackered just getting more and more tired yeah yeah it, it passes being a football match and then it turns into that japanese game show endurance where they're yeah. just being put through they're being put through their faces yeah it, it reaches a point where it starts to look cruel yeah and then do you remember the golden goal the 1996 oh, thing my god yes yeah that's that... that's kind of worse because then it's just it it feels more like chance then oh it was like playing a football game with a bomb on the pitch it just like at any point the whole thing could end it just felt (laughs) it felt so fraught the whole thing (laughs) oh i like that yeah because because who knows that might come up in it it, that that would be a really good like pub quiz question so i'm gonna hold on to that it would be a pub quiz apart from the fact that it's one of those things i find this a lot when making this show where there's loads of caveats. Mm. So it's the, how does this say phrased? It's the first time a shootout, a penalty shootout was used in a FIFA World Cup competition. <laughs> so it's it's not like in a domestic game, mm. uh, because that had happened in 1970. Oh, and also they sat, they kind of did it in the Yugoslav Cup as a trial in 1952, but that wasn't a proper one. And then like there's, just, there's too many parts to it. You'd have too many people arguing about yeah. the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I sat and I've read about too much of our penalty shootouts and gone okay. well it's sort they sort of started it's kind of no one says it but they're like guys this is the first one that mattered <laughs> that sort of the, that's the tone yeah. i've just thought we should do like a zennial quiz sometime i oh. don't know i don't know what for or in what format but i think it'd be a nice premise for a quiz how would you deliver it oh um post by post yeah <laughs> multiple choice people yeah. just take boxes and they're supposed to back oh so with it, people send you a stamped addressed envelope and we send them out this is the thing that's gonna save royal mail <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be the thing that means they don't have to go to three days a week because we start doing a quiz in the post <laughs> like generally now anyone who's listening now who who would be up for that a quiz in the post yeah. it sounds tortuous the <laughs> admin sounds awful oh, <laughs> it's God. like doing exams <laughs> and you're not allowed to cheat but obviously when you send stuff in the post people have got so much time to cheat oh they you know, they can look it up on the internet we'd have to we'd have to have things that would require some serious research okay. to try and get around it We'd need to shut down the internet for a while while people answer the question. Which again would really help the post service. <laughs> <laughs>
On January the 20th, 1977, a court in Portsmouth published the will of a man called Ernest Digweed. Because he his ne- his estate was about £26,000. And he had asked that it be held in trust until the year 2057 to be paid to Jesus Christ if the second coming occurred within the next 80 years. Okay. How is he giving that money to Jesus Christ? Like, via backs? Right, so the plan is, this is all, this is all written out. He had, he knew exactly how he wanted it to go. Okay. He wanted the money to be put in a trust where the only person who could claim it was Jesus. If Jesus arrived within the first 21 years, then Jesus would also get the interest. <laughs> is but he if, trying to is he trying to incentivize Jesus yeah, to turn yeah, up early? Okay. He is. <laughs> if Jesus doesn't arrive within 21 years, then the interest goes to the government. <laughs> and, That's such a Herod thing, isn't and, it? It's it's so bizarre. <laughs> And Jesus only gets the lump sum. <gasps> so he died at the end of 1976. Okay. So this then goes, you know, hits the newspapers. At which point, loads of people start turning up to Portsmouth going, hello, I'm Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they also had to contend with this man's relatives who were like, come on. <laughs> Give us the money. Because he did say after 80 years, the family can get the money. So so what what was the deadline? 2057, yeah. By the time it all got sorted, yeah. So... Thing is, it's not... We haven't reached that date yeah, yet. So yeah. it, he could still turn it's up. Sti- we're still in the window. So what the court eventually agreed, this is... Un- I can't believe this is how they settled this, is they gave the money to the family on the condition that the family take out an insurance policy <laughs> in case Jesus arrives and they have to pay him. Who? What broker? Yeah. Oh. It's <laughs> entertaining. The answer is not many. <laughs> what kind of insurance do you take out on something like that? Like it, it, it wasn't one of the major ones. Like Lloyds of London were asked. And Lloyds of London gave a statement about it, but they went, we're not taking this. So they, but they did find someone else, apparently. Which presumably is still going on, where, if Jesus arrives... Now, there's so many questions. Yeah. The biggest one being, why this man thinks that when Jesus arrives, he's going to need 26 grand to just, like, tide him over. <laughs> I think that's my favourite. It's the idea that Jesus is going to arrive. I always assumed in a sort of literal blaze of glory mm. and not go, do you know I could really need a sort of deposit for a flat? <laughs> but because also, my understanding of the second coming is, I think he's going to be quite busy judging everyone. Yeah, I don't all... think he's yeah. going to be lolling about. Although, like, just... I would imagine the guy who's given him 26 grand is maybe at the front of the queue. I would... <laughs> um... So, but we... but also, but but Jesus famously won't be bought. No, <laughs> so no, that's actually... true. Actually, yeah, yeah. I I think this might backfire. I think you're right. <laughs> who right? Who was this guy? Why he was he was a sort of elderly eccentric, right? Yeah, who had 
you know, tw- twenty six grand. It's not you know, it's not an inconsiderable sum to have just like ready to ready to go. No, in the seventies. Yeah, you know. yeah. Um, Gosh. So we have, while we haven't reached twenty fifty seven, we have passed twenty one years since oh. the date, and the Portsmouth Public Trustees have given the interest to the government. No. Yeah, they have. So that date <gasps> has passed. So, so halfway there. The interest has gone, apparently, to the government. And now, from what I can gather, I'll, I mean, this was a sketchy one to try and track down. I bet. Because if you Google this guy's name, what you get is a wacky fun page on mm. every corporate lawyer's website where there's a little bit of, like, wacky wills and... <laughs> And so most of this information I have gleaned from the Wacky Wills section of lawyers' websites. Because we've got to have a bit of fun at work. Um, Yeah. Okay. When Jesus comes back, notice how I said when. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) How does he prove that he's Jesus, though? Because he arrives and he won't have any documentation with him. No, and this was actually a bit of a problem when they had people turning up claiming they're Jesus. Mm. And there was one, I haven't got this report in front of me, but there was one guy who was an American door-to-door salesman who tried to claim the money because he maintained that every time he rang a doorbell in America and somebody came to the door, someone would go, oh, Jesus Christ, it's you. That's so funny. And that was his claim for the money. (laughs) I would have given him the money. That's that's ingenious. <laughs> I love that. Really love it. So yeah, there were a few. There have been a few spurious claims, which is going to make it harder for actual Jesus, because well, presumably, I would assume he was bypassing the birth certificate at this stage. Because I used to work with some brokers. Uh, because, you know, famously, I worked for a financial PR company. <laughs> and, um... This would have been a gift for you if you'd been working for a financial... And this would come in. PR-wise, though, it's exactly. like... If you're obviously, if you're... Yeah, Lloyd's of London, you're not going to touch this. Like, you, you've got your reputation to think well, they, of. Well, they gave, from what I could find, a sort of fun interview in which they answered the legal questions and then said, we're not touching this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't. They they have um, they have a name to uphold. Yeah. But if you were kind of like um, a kind of a middle ground kind of insurance yeah. company or broker... You you would consider it purely for the publicity. Yeah. You would. I, I would encourage them to consider it. <laughs> <for the publicity. laughs> and any photo opportunity with like a massive big check and someone je- dressed up as Jesus. Yeah. Just... <laughs> so here we are. It says, mm. a Lloyd's broker has arranged cover through a private insurance firm, said the Lloyd's spokesman, Stanley John, who explained the insurance syndicate itself would not underwrite such a policy. Yeah. So they brokered a deal, but they said we won't do it themselves um he said one problem was identification there have already been two unsuccessful claims from people saying that they were christ reborn all of them white all of them monoglot english oh that's a great (laughs) (laughs) 10th of 
January 1977. One of those things that at the time nobody cared about, but now we basically all have, oh. is uh, Clive Sinclair, the inventor, uh, brought out the two-inch television. Okay. Two-inch w- the depth? Uh, no. The screen is two-inch. <laughs> oh, okay. The depth is quite something. <laughs> No, you've you've uh, you've cut through the marketing claptrap there. <laughs> you've seen through his little scheme. Flat on, it looks not dissimilar to the sort of size of a phone with a screen on the left and then a space for a speaker on the right. But then, depth-wise, it looks about a foot deep. Oh my God! Okay. There's a great bit where he's like, it fits in your pocket. And you can tell he's that morning gone. I'm speaking to the BBC. I need the coat with the biggest pockets I've got. (laughs) I need a coat like a clown. (laughs) But Uh, it's really funny how during that period, like anything technological was just very, very deep. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's like, yeah, we can make this small, but. It will, it will be long. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so yeah, it's the pocket television, which was one of those things that I don't know if anyone was really asking for. But Clive Sinclair, who he's such an interesting character in the way that he was like, "I'm gonna make this," and he would plow full steam ahead into making it, and it would come out, and loads of people would kind of go, "No one asked for this." <laughs> He did it with the two-inch television. He famously did it with the little car, the Sinclair uh, C5, which Mm. came out and all road safety people went, are you mad? (laughs) (laughs) But then with the Spectrum, he absolutely nailed it. He found exactly the sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Although I always got the impression that he thought that was going to be more useful and educational. And then people just ended up playing games on it all the time, which I don't think was his plan. But it's like, hey. but it's you know, Taylor's oldest time. That's what happened with a bomb, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <Same> <laughs> Maybe ten, fifteen years ago, when people were starting to talk about how um, uh, trends around watching TV were changing, yeah. that soon everyone will be watching TV on their laptops and their phones, and I remember thinking at the time, no way. Because the quality's too bad, it's too small. Why would I watch my favourite programmes on a really tiny, pixelated phone screen? But now, obviously, the technology has just moved on so much that you don't even think about it anymore. Because the the, the quality of the, of the picture is so good. So we, And even if it's small, it doesn't really matter anymore. No. You, you just do it. Great time to give a shout out for our TikTok page. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. If you want to see pixelated footage, it's on our TikTok page. <laughs> so yeah, so that was January 1977. Great. We were off. Zenial era had begun. <laughs> um, very quickly. Oh, so if you want to get in touch, you can. Um, the email address is thezenialdome at hotmail.com. And there's our Twitter. There's our Instagram. There's our TikTok. Um, Lindsay got in touch. I had the Blue Peter Annual, where the youngest person ever to swim the channel had a big article about them, and I 100% wanted to swim the channel because of it. I was good at swimming and had absolutely no doubts I'd be able to smash his record. <laughs> yes! <laughs> so yeah, you're right. There's something about 
reading about records when you're a kid that makes you go like, I can achieve that. (laughs) I know. know. And I do wonder sometimes, like, if parents weren't so quick to dismiss their kids, (laughs) how much more we could all have achieved by now. Do you know what I'm going to do? I've got a copy of the Guinness Book of Records. I'm going to get it and I'm going to cross out every record that is now beyond me. Oh, okay. And then every year I'm going to revisit it <laughs> and oh, continue to cross out the records that are beyond That's really funny. Until then, presumably, there reaches a point in your life where the only thing still on the table is oldest person. <laughs> but that's really funny because I think if I did the same thing as you, I think I'd be crossing out less because the older I get... You know, what's the word? The more... Um... <sighs> Confident? <laughs> Oh, mad. <laughs> <laughs> the less reasonable I get. Like, I, I, I can't, I, I get worse at reasoning. So you'll be looking at it and going like, I think I've still got the world's biggest grossing animated feature inside. Me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a bit like, you know how old, the older you get, the, the less you care about what people think of you. Yeah. I think that the older I get, the less I care about... statistically i I couldn't swim the channel anymore but actually i'm dismissing that and i'm like you know what i've got nothing to lose i'm just gonna go let's go for it i don't know there must be a word for that but i I don't know what it is (laughs) thank you very much for listening um we'll be back next week with a february episode so we'll see you then bye